0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Marathon Time Breakthrough I'm joined as usual by Dr. Dave Bird. Dr. Dave how are you?
1: I'm very well thank you Mark.
0: Now I know you like to work on not just the physical side of running but also the mental side of running. Absolutely. And that as you will appreciate is is one of the most crucial parts of any sports. Which leads us to the big question, how can people improve their
1: performance by using mental strategies? It's a great question and what I would say is marathon motivation is hard to maintain Mm throughout a marathon campaign. So I'm with everybody on this. It's not easy. But to answer your question, there are some very common thinking traps. I basically call them mental booby traps. Mm -hmm. And if we can challenge those patterns of thinking to stop people falling in, in them, then this is going to improve people's mental approach to the event immeasurably. Excellent.
0: Now obviously if you've got strategies like that, Mm. then they're ones that have been proven and work
1: really well. Absolutely. What these do is they draw on something called cognitive behavioural therapy, Mm -hmm. and they challenge, I'm going to come up with a long phrase here, but they challenge something called cognitive distortions, which is a posh psychologist way of saying Inaccurate thinking. Okay. And what that leads to, the nasty stuff, are the unhelpful emotions that you get from that inaccurate thinking. So, what we're going to go through now are 10 really effective mental strategies to diffuse these mental booby traps. Excellent. So, let's dive straight into the first one. The first one I call absolutes. And this is a problem because people, runners, they don't set any contingency options when they Mm -hmm. set goals. And the goals is is a classic example. And by being too ambitious in a bad way, Mm -hmm. um, they can lead themselves to overtraining risks because they strive too hard Mm -hmm. to achieve something that's unattainable. And what you often get is a runner will set an unrealistic marathon goal mm. for uh, due to emotional drives, like, oh, like yeah. um, trying to um, do better than somebody like a work colleague who, you know, just might be fitter. They might just have to put their hands up and kind of accept that, but they mm. don't. They they set this unrealistic goal, or perhaps even competing against a former self when they were indeed fitter. The the problem here really is with setting that one die in a ditch or succeed goal. That's Mm. the bit that needs challenging. So here's the solution. Okay. The solution is you can set yourself tiered goals because you don't want a dream marathon time that becomes a training nightmare trying to achieve. What I always set my clients or ask my clients to set are an awesome goal, mm-hmm. a goal that you'd absolutely be chuffed to bits with that admittedly is a bit stretching mm-hmm. but is achievable if everything goes to plat. Right.
0: So not the I'm gonna run faster, no Farrow type
1: of goal. No, that that's I can't think of a word for that, but it's basically unrealistic yeah. and, and that's the bit that leads to nightmares. So this, although it's awesome, has got to be um achievable. When we right. type in all the numbers into the Scheduling software, it's got to come up with paces that you're capable of doing in terms of your current fitness to work mm. up to that time, stretching though it is. Yeah, and then the, the second uh goal you set yourself, I would call an agreeable goal. This is something that you would absolutely be pleased with following a hard campaign, mm. um, and it, it really is achievable. This, yeah. this is like right in the ballpark of realistic, and then the third tier is what I'd call an acceptable goal. Mm-hmm. And admittedly, this one is kind of mitigated on maybe missing a week here with a cold or some niggling injury setback or a few commitments at work that you'd overlooked that mm-hmm. that pegs you back a bit. But having accepted all of those circumstances, you're still happy. The goal is still acceptable. Right. And then armed with those three um, tiered goals which you could by the way in using the kind of Olympic thing called a gold, a silver and a bronze mm-hmm. standard you are almost certain to achieve marathon success because Excellent. you've been very very realistic with what you set out to do.
0: Yeah. So e- even though as you say you might be moderating your goals you're mm-hmm. still going to be having some pretty healthy almost yeah. awesome goals to, to aim at.
1: Absolutely, so it's it's neither one extreme or the other it's neither being so unrealistic that you're setting yourself up for failure or so conservative that you're effectively wasting your time mm-hmm. training yeah. because what's the point just to do what you've already done yeah.
0: and I, and i would guess that getting the advice of someone like yourself mm. who's been training marathon runners for a long time yeah that would help people get those realistic goals to say you know yeah. you know i've seen people Similar to you before, yeah. let's just run you through some paces and then we'll see yeah. you know, how yeah. we can adjust your goals to make them yeah. much more achievable and much more pleasant to achieve.
1: Absolutely, I do personal strategy sessions with people um, either in person or on video calls and we work, um, I, I challenge them uh, to come up actually with these three tiered goals and that whole process can really set the direction mm. um, for a successful campaign.
0: So now we're getting on to the second trap,
1: Mm. which I guess is something that many people are going to fall into. Absolutely, this is a very common one. This is called ballooning, and this is where you amplify the actual significance of events and and take them out of um, perspective. So it's what some people might call blowing the situation up. Yeah, and the classic thing for runners is, is I call this bad session syndrome. Right. They have what they think is a bad session and that immediately um, gets framed as, as a disaster mm-hmm. um, which is going to tarnish their campaign and, <laughs> and set them up for failure. And and the simple way around this is is perspective. And what I say when i'm coaching mm-hmm. uh, runners suffering from this syndrome is this is all about understanding that with marathon training consistency comes from many many tiny gains yeah so even if this is the way to look at this even if that session had um, switched from bad to incredible it would still even the incredible session is actually only a kind of little smidgen mm. of fitness gain, and that is the way to, to look at it um, because then you stop getting so focused on the significance of each session, which is a mm. bad way of looking at things, yeah. and, and more kind of open minded to the totality of all, of all your sessions.
0: Yeah, so in other words, don't blow things out of proportion. Remember you're human. Yeah. And not everything goes according to the book all the time. Exactly so. Couldn't have put it better myself. So let's move on to the to the third one now. Yeah? How would you categorize this one?
1: I would call this catastrophising. Um, catastrophizing and mm. um, This is, is, is at a step on from ballooning. One thing I will say, I'm glad you've kind of said that, because it's easy to think that all of these are the same and Mm. a lot of them are very similar but what is quite good is you can tease out different examples that kind of slightly hit that one more than the other Mm. and and armed with this toolkit it makes you quite um, strong against these problems but this if you like is um, the imagined consequences so you're actually future pacing a little bit more and you're looking ahead and you're imagining catastrophic consequences from what really is just a minor setback, and I'll give you a very concrete example mm-hmm. that you get, and that is somebody picking up a minor training kind of niggle, and assuming it's that show-stopping injury that um, you know that's that's go really catastrophic and not only ends that campaign, it mm. kind of ends their whole marathon career, and <laughs> uh, yeah, and yeah. It, it all comes from often it's not even an injury, it's just soreness after a faster repeat session or something mm. like that. Um, so once again the solution is context, it's just putting the situation in context and again on, on kind of progress chats I have with my clients I just say your training for a marathon, not leg and spoon race, or yeah. a, or even a park run, you know, a 5k mm. thing on a Saturday morning, you're training for a marathon, and if you weren't having these um, sore leg issues or, or, or tiny niggles, you probably wouldn't be training hard enough anyway, so mm. far better to make sure you've got the mitigation measures in place, like a foam rollover, mm. Session or taking a sports massage or mm-hmm. or, or having a recovery day yeah. that kind of thing is is far better than Hoping upon hope that you never pick up a niggle or a feeling of soreness in your legs.
0: Mm. So so really then it's more a case of Understanding that this is part of the territory. Yeah, these things are going to happen. Yeah, and as exactly. you say putting uh, Putting the solutions in place. Yeah hoping you don't have to call on them, but if you do, yeah, I've got this problem, I'm going to go and see X, yeah. Yeah. or I've got that problem, I'm going to get this certain cream. Exactly,
1: and, yeah. and just you know to get the context right the other way, of course, if you pick something up that does seem like an injury, of course, you go through due process and you mm. rest and if necessary you see a physio and, and all the rest of it. What I'm talking about here though is, is the stage before that, when yeah. you're imagining something that actually hasn't happened.
0: Right, okay. So don't let your imagination run away with you. No. Super job. So now we're going to go on to, uh, I guess, what is the the fourth marathon trap?
1: It's the fourth marathon motivation trap and this is discounting. And this one is slightly different because what you're doing here Mm -hmm. is you're ignoring the positives that Mm -hmm. come out of a a situation. And I'll give you um, a great example here. And this would be if you were doing a practice race and um, we'll come on to this in another episode, but when you do practice races, often what you're trying to do is something quite specific. You're trying mm-hmm. to like work at marathon pace mm-hmm. albeit over a half marathon distance, just to get really attuned to that pace. And I've had a client fairly recently bemoaning the fact that although he was working in that marathon kind of zone, yeah. He was—I forget the time, but X minutes—you know—slower than his half marathon PB, and that to me is a classic way of discounting positives because everything else, and in fact the objectives he set—all mm-hmm. tick, 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 tick—he wanted to practice his pacing, mm-hmm. his fueling strategies, his race nerves, and these all went incredibly well. But yep. there must have been some hidden agenda, and this is where limiting thoughts and beliefs come from, yeah. that he was also going to get a PB, and and frankly that wouldn't have happened because of the expectations we had for that. So in terms of a solution for that, what I'd encourage people to do is to be very, very clear beforehand on what their success criteria are, mm-hmm. and in this case it was correct pacing and, mm-hmm. and dress rehearsal um, strategies mm-hmm. for a marathon and be very um, mindful of potential goal creep. Yeah, I mean, just,
0: just to come on to that, you know, the, the success criteria. Mm. It's not always pace and time and distance, is yeah, it? Absolutely. It can be other things that you might be working on, yeah. like
1: gait and that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, really spot on. You know, sometimes I get people in the early stages of um, marathon training not taking a watch, going out on the trails mm. and just working on good form mm. uh, making sure as you say that their gait is relaxed, that their posture is good mm. um, and that they're relaxed um, because if you can get really relaxed early on in your training mm. it doesn't have uh, pay off dividends for when the marathon specific yeah. training kicks in.
0: Yeah, and, and the last thing on the list I think is enjoyability to yeah. make sure you you Do what you need to do to enjoy.
1: And what better mental strategy that overarches all of this than going into it with a kind of enjoyment objective with whatever you're doing. Super job. So that's the fourth one. Let's jump straight into the fifth one. Yeah. We're going to get a bit emotional now because this next one I call emotional reasoning. Right. And this is where your emotions solely justify Um, the the perceptions you have of something. Now, Mm. we all know that emotions play a part, Mm. but the key word here is solely, so Mm -hmm. to take that from the abstract to the practical, this would be um, a situation, for example, where you feel weary after, say, an early run in Mm -hmm. a marathon campaign, like a trail run or something, and then because you're feeling weary um, and a bit kind of, a bit kind of leggy um, you're perceiving that means you won't perform well in a marathon and to some people this may sound bizarre and they may say well but the truth is everybody's different and again I've had a client a couple of years ago who who presented that, that problem to me and what I would say here and what I said to her at the time is you've got to allow both sides of the brain to come in play here, mm-hmm. so yes you might have felt weary but mm-hmm. the left brain would immediately kick in and say it was ridiculously early mm-hmm. in the schedule, there were something like 13 or 14 weeks to go before the marathon and as you correctly alluded to earlier, the the focus in those early stages bizarrely was on enjoyment anyway, mm-hmm. she clearly didn't enjoy it because of those negative feelings afterwards. So you really do have to get both sides of the brain working in tandem Mm -hmm. to um, be able to move on and not just the emotions. Excellent.
0: So that's brilliant. We've had uh, the first five. Yeah. We're going to be looking at another five in a future session. We are indeed. Excellent. Thank you again, Dr. Dave. Thank you, Mark.